Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Can we have the first question and then we'll go to the second and the third one as time permits? Question one. Can God refuse or reject one's repentance? Can God refuse or reject one's repentance? I want to really beg everyone's indulgence because some of the things we may say might have been something we had already gone through. All right? But the question came very strongly and it needed to be answered. Can God actually refuse or reject one's repentance? Can anybody answer that? Is the what? If the repentance is really genuine and sincere, uh-huh. you don't think God will reject it? Not when you are sincere. Yeah, because you are good with God. You know what he thinks. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder. God bless you, sister. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Look at the question. I wouldn't ask the question. I wouldn't ask that kind of question. But I respect whoever asked that question. Can God? The answer is absolutely yes. God is God. He does whatever pleases him. Who is going to contend with him or challenge him is God. Are you following what I'm talking about? If you will permit me to rephrase the question, then I will say, does God? Okay? Does God, ex- <laughs> does God reject anybody's what? Repentance. Now, let's see the word of God. The word of God says one thing. Read me Psalm, please. 5117. Psalm 51:17. Yes. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, mm-hmm. a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. A sacrifice coming from the broken heart, the contrite spirit. That's repentance coming from there. That's what he's saying. Oh God, you will not despise. Let's uh, just uh, keep your keep your distance. You will not do that. He said, God will not. But I like a little bit of also what Joel said. In Job, give me Job too, please. 12 to 14. Job? Joel. Joel. Yes, ma'am. Joel 2, 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, mm-hmm. with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Mm -hmm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? That is where I want us to concentrate. Please uh, please listen to me. That's where I want us to concentrate. Yeah, there is a broken heart. Everything has been done. He said, who knows? I love that. I love that. Who knows whether he will relent? Read me Exodus 33, 5, please. Exodus 33, 5. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Mm -hmm. Now therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with to you. Take off your ornament. What is that? Come on now. Take off your ornament. What is that? Whatever I repent. That's as simple as that. Repent so that I may know what to do with you, whether I will even forgive or not. Please listen to me. That's about God. We're going to go through it right now. I told you a contrite spirit, one who from the genuineness of his heart confesses unto God, then God will forgive. But don't go and assume that every time you open your mouth, God will forgive. Because that's why he said, do all these things, let me examine. And decide what I'm going to do. Because it's God. He does whatever pleases to him. Now, if the repentance was with understanding. Can anybody tell me repentance which is with understanding? To, to, to what? Repent no more. That God bless you. Please listen to me. We're going to come to it right now. If repentance is with understanding. If repentance is anchored on the foundation of eternal life. God will hear. 
And that's what most of our problems are. You know, many of us have confessed our sins. We say we have repented, and the sins still remain. Because there are elements that's pushing, that's lacking. When we repent, that means that, Lord, you know one thing? If you let me go this time, listen to me. I'm going to put it in the simplest way. If you let me go this time, Lord, I will go home and sin no more. There's a song that uh, Brother Ife gave me from the voice of cross. Voice, voice what? Voice of the cross. You know when they used to sing actual Christian songs? And that's repentance. He said he went to the cross and he looked up and he saw the son of the living God crucified. And he said, it's finished. Then he said he cried and yelled, said, oh Lord, forgive my sins, I'm done. And he said he had a voice that said to him, go home now and sin no more. Are you following me? The element I'm talking about. That's eternal life. If repentance is without the fear of God, accompanied with that, the person is wasting his time. Read me John 8, 11, please. John 8, 11. Yes. She said, no one, Lord. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go now and sin no more. From this very moment, from this very point, henceforth. That's why I said that every Thursday we meet is a different thing. It's a new time. It's a new chance. It's an opportunity to say from this very day, Lord, you know one thing? No matter whatever I have done, from the sincerity of my heart, I'm saying I'm sorry. But that remorseness should always be demonstrated by what? I'll do it no more. Read me John 5.14, please. John 5.14. Yes. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Mm -hmm. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon and you. And because remember, see, you have been made well. Even now, if you're able to go and say, Lord, all my heart, all the sins I've committed, I've committed. But you go home and sin no more from now. Least the, the worst, what? Come, come back to you. So what am I talking about? When somebody is able to... See, spiritual, maybe that person doesn't understand what is spiritual repentance. Let's go through it, maybe a minute or two. What is repentance? Repentance starts with one thing. You must be truly remorseful. Remorseful to say, God, I've come to realize what I have done. Because I know what I used to do. If I continue doing them now, I don't have any clue. I don't know God. As simple as that. No matter however I try to cheat myself, and deceive myself. That's why repentance must begin with true acknowledgement. Own the sin. This I have done is mine, Lord. I am not turning around and blaming anybody. Neither am I going to turn around and blame the devil. Because that's exactly what, what Adam and Eve did. If you go to Genesis 3, 12 to 13, you see, God confronted Adam. Adam said, you know, Lord, I didn't do it. It was the woman he gave me. Right? And then he confronted the woman. The woman said, no, it was the devil. Just like most of us. It's always the devil. But we don't know that the, the first devil. Remember when we were there? Well, I even know my I said, the first devil is the Mekos Rumba. The first devil that torments me every day is myself. I want you to know that because it starts with me. Are you, are you, are you with me? No, you guys are not with me. You don't want to be the devil. Don't worry. Because when you get into trouble, you say, ah, the devil has caused, the devil didn't cause anything in the first place. You allowed the devil because you gave the chance for the devil to come in. Are we, are we there? That acknowledgement, read me Psalm 32, 1 to 6. Psalm 32, 1 to 6. Yes. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, mm -hmm. whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Yes. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For night and day, your hand was heavy upon me. Mm -hmm. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you mm -hmm. and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. 
For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. For what cause? Come on, let's not read something like that. For what cause? Is he talking about? Huh? <laughs> For this cause, the man said, and my iniquity, God bless you, my children. He said, and my iniquity, I did not heed it. On that cause, I can go boldly before my God. But he said, bless is this man that is transgression. Who is that man? Who is that man? My goodness, we have gone through this before. Pastor, why are you looking at me and laughing? Who is this man? Let's go back again. Let's go back to government, my dear. He said, the man who's right there, right there. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Yes, who is he? And in whose spirit there is no deceit. This man, in his spirit, in his heart, there is no deceit. You cannot have any deceit in your heart. You think God is going to forgive. No. That's why he said, if you repent nine sins and you leave one, he's not going to forgive you. Why? Because sin is sin. One is one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, in this state, they said, don't kill anybody. Don't, this is the law. You don't kill anybody, but you steal. You'll be arrested. Are we all together? And that's why James, Senator James said, <laughs> if, you, if you actually obey all the things and you, you break one, you have broken all. So that's that acknowledgement, number one. Without it. And that's what also Jeremiah, give me Jeremiah 13, please. Jeremiah 3.13. Yes. Only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God, mm -hmm. and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Only acknowledge your distance. Then the second one, no matter whatever you do, I'm talking about, I'm asking this, whoever asked this question, number one, number, the second one, you must repent within don't worry about what comes out of the mouth. You must repent within your heart. You must set it, I repent. This is really so painful. That's exactly what the prodigal son did. Give me Luke 15, please, 17 to 18. Luke 15, 17 to 18. But when he came to himself, mm -hmm. he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father yes. and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Now, was the father there? But before he got to the father, we knew what happened. The heart is what God is searching every single moment and every single time. It's not what we're saying, but that heart. So once actually you repent within, then the most important thing, that's the foundation, becomes a vow to forsake all evil Go now and do what? And see no more. Give me please, Isaiah 55, 7. Isaiah 55, 7. Yes. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. It is only when the wicked does what God has said initially, that he will return to God, and God will do what? So I, the person who asked the question, I hope you are getting this, is when you do that, then that's when God will accept that repentance. Are we all together? Read me Ezekiel 18, please. 21. Ezekiel 18, 21. Yes. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, mm -hmm. keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live, yes. he shall not die. He shall surely live if he does that which he's supposed to do. Then that's finally, you do that which is the least of all repentance. What is it? God bless you, government. You do that what comes out of your mouth, confession. Confession is a listing. In fact, if you don't even open your mouth, God has already seen it. So it is not what you say, it's what you do. Are you following me? Because this is one thing I tell anyone, the person who asked this question. The day comes, and it shall come to where you have to be mindful of seven things. That number one, 
the day will come when actually the individual will do everything in this life to repent. And he will have no place for repentance left. Now that something actually happened to Esau. We know that. But when God actually told us that he had no place for repentance, what does that mean? The time what? Has passed. Read me please Hebrews 12, 14 to 17. Hebrews 12, 14 to 17. Yes. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, mm -hmm. and by this many become defiled. Lest there be, in any, be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, mm. who for one muscle of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when mm -hmm. he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance though he sought it diligently with tears. Though the habitual, I don't know if this word is right. You search it and see if you're right. A word came to me. Let's put it, I know habitual is right, but the habitual repenter, the repenter, what, well, a habitual sinner, if you don't like that one, that's fine. A habitual repenter, every time da, 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 I repent. You repent what? God gets to the point, he says, I'm sick and tired of this person repenting all the time. Because that means the person is not serious. That's the first step. So a habitual repenter, the time will come when actually there will not be any place in the heart of God to receive his repentance. That's what he means. Read that again. It says that 17. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, mm -hmm. he was rejected. He was rejected. For he found no place for repentance. Is that any place in his own repentance or God? Okay, finish the line then. That's how you know. Though he sought it diligently with tears. He sought everything diligently with tears, but no more, what? Place left. Repentance. So the day will come when that will happen. Number two. The day will come when that, the one who is on top of the roof will not be able to come, come down. Are we all together? That day will come. Give me Matthew 24, please. 13 to 18. Matthew 24, 13 to 18. Mm -hmm. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Yes. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing mm -hmm. in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Whoever reads, let him understand. Go on. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. You know, the asking me this question, they forget one thing. That as we, as we right here sitting now, earthquake can happen. And you said, my goodness, you know, I didn't have time to repent. Oh, yeah? We fly. We don't know how, what happened. Any time, any moment, even on the street, history, anything can happen. That's why we have to be ready. The time will come when one will seek for it. There will not be any time anymore. And that's why I said that, like also in the time of Noah, they'll be married and getting married and rejoicing and waiting until the flood comes and it will be so late. And the time also will come, I've given you three already or four. The time also will come when actually the habitual repenter will pray and vigil until the end, the word falls, and he will not answer. The time will come. Give me please Proverbs 1, 24 to 32. Proverbs 1, 24 to 32. Yes. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. Mm -hmm. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. I will not answer. 
They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning of the away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. The complacency of fools. I have time. I will, after all, you know, God will never, whenever I can repent, God will accept. That's what I can get from that question there. The day will come when actually one will pray, and God will not hear at all, at all. Leave me first. Leave me, Isaiah, please, one. 15 to 19. Isaiah 1, 15 to 19. Yes. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Isn't that what is happening in my place? Even though they make many prayers and vigils, I will not hear. Because they don't listen to me. Yes? Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Mm -hmm. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you yes. will eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient... You will eat the good of the land. I've given you six. The seventh one. The day will come. I've given you so many things. I've given you six. This one, thank God I can remember it. You want me to go through them again? Number one. You got to I told you the day will come when the habitual repenter will try to repent and will find no place. For repentance. You had that before. You got that one. And I said, the day will also come that those who are on the rooftop to come down, they will not come. And the day will come when it will be like the day of the Noah. Noah. It's not three. Okay. There will also be a time when it will come that the habitual repenter will pray until heaven comes down. And God will not answer. And then the, the next one, a habitual repenter will pray and pray. God will not answer. But he will also forbid those interceding for him. Yes. I'm, I want you to see what God is revealing to us. God will just tell, say, whoever pleads for you, I will not even hear. I don't want to pray for that individual anymore. Because I've already made up my mind. Are you with me here? No matter whatever the prayer may be, I'm not going to. Read me, please, Jeremiah 7, 19. Just read me, 16. Jeremiah 7, 16. Jeremiah 7, 16. Yes. Therefore, do not pray for this people, mm -hmm. nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me. For I will not hear you. I will you. not hear. God is saying, if you, if you go from Jeremiah 7, actually 9 to 16, you see from 9 to 15 where God is saying, I have called on these people. I have spoken to them. I have chastised them as much as possible. They will not hear. Now, you, the servant of God, never you pray for them because I will not hear you. Read me Jeremiah, please, eleven fourteen. Jeremiah eleven fourteen. Yes. So do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them. For I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. So that's the sixth one, right? Now you get with me. The day will come also. The day will come also where actually the habitual repenter will be cut off and destroyed with that remedy. Let me pray Proverbs 29.1. Proverbs 29.1. Yes. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without, without remedy. Without remedy. So let's go to the second question. Okay. 
Question two. Do, do not God's mercies endure forever, no matter what? Who can answer that? These questions are coming. That's the second one. Do not God's mercies endure forever, no matter what? Let me tell you this. God's mercies endure forever, if you endure forever with God. That's a simple thing. God's mercies endure forever if you endure with him. You must be with him. If you forsake him, we said this last week. If you forsake God, God will forsake you. If a maker's Zumba forsakes God, God will forsake him. Give me Second Chronicles, please. 15.2. Second Chronicles 15.2. Yes. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. Mm -hmm. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. By the way, for anyone to ask that question, God's message endure forever. He has to have two understanding. Two things. What? No, the first question that if it's forever, who actually defines and determines forever? God blesses that joke. That's God who determines it. That's why he said that nobody knows when it will come. It's only God. And not the person. Give me please. Matthew 24, 36. Matthew 24, 36. Mm -hmm. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Everlasting is the Father only. So the limitation of mercy is only, who, can, who controls that? God controls That's why he says what? God bless. Romans, Romans 9, please. Give me 15 to 19. Romans 9, 15 to 19. Yes. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. In other words, it's my, God bless you. I mean, this, our God is a God. And some of us are taking for granted. I'm so familiar. Oh, no, no, no. He says this. He says it. But we need to have understanding what he's saying. If you forsake me, I'll forsake you. I will have mercy. But you know one thing? If I want to withdraw that message, I will withdraw it. You know one thing? There are people in the Bible that probably committed one thing or twice, and God did away with them. Who? We say yes, who? So, God bless you. But you see, there are people like Prophet Jonas. Right? I mean, the man went through everything and his God said, I'm not going to finish with this man. Keep going. You must finish this work which I sent to you. He is God. He does whatever that pleases him. And nobody should ever think that, okay, as he did this one, that's what he's going to do. One thing that it is disaster is when we think. Because God did this one, then there's a formula. One plus one is two. It's not going to happen that way. He is God. He does whatever pleases him at any time. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Therefore, this is something we need to all be very careful about. Never, number one, two things. I'm going to give you two things here. Two. Never in this life rely on your future rank. Never you rely on your future rank. Because your self-righteousness will not get you anywhere. You have to do things according to the way of the Lord. In Ezekiel 13, please. 33. 12 to 13. Ezekiel 33, 12 to 13. Yes. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Mm -hmm. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness mm -hmm. in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness 
and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Because of that iniquity, if we stay away from his mercy and grace, whatever we do, number one, don't rely on your own. Number two, never, never you take the mercy and grace of God for granted. Never you insult it, never you abuse it. No matter what, every second you have is an opportunity to mend their ways and to turn to him in righteousness and holiness because you don't know what you will do. And that's why he's God, and he's not answerable to anyone. So when that happens, the children of Israel found that very late. They thought the mercy, 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 you're forgiving these people. Try to please forgive them this time, have mercy. Give me Numbers 14, 19 to 24. Numbers 14, 19 to 24. Yes. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray. This is Moses pleading. Go on. According to the greatness of your mercy. I see. According to that mercy that you have shown all along. Go on. Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Do you understand what Moses is saying? That's exactly what the children of Israel also thought. This God is merciful. His mercy endures forever. Whatever we did, he will have mercy. And Moses tried to remind God, please, have mercy and forgive them. As you have always had mercy. Go on, please. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, mm -hmm. but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. In other words, God was saying what? Yeah. Mercy is mine, and if I want to withdraw it, I withdraw it. When he goes to the point, that's why he said it's a very horrible thing to insult his mercy and grace. Read me Hebrews, please. 10, 26 to 31. Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. Yes. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a certain fearful expectation of judgment mm. and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall thing. into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to take him for granted and fall into the hand of the living God. We move on to the third one, because of time, please. So God will have mercy, but... His mercy endured forever, those who endure him forever. God bless you. Yes? Question three. No, well, even, even the mercy, before you get to question three. Remember there was something he was telling, the, telling all of us. And said, don't be naughty. Mm -hmm. Where is that? In Romans 11. Give me 19 to 22. Romans 11, 19 to 22. Yes. You have, you will say then, Branches were broken off that I may be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Mm -hmm. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Mm. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but toward you, goodness, if you if. continue in his goodness. If. Otherwise, if you continue in goodness, 
Otherwise, the, you too, because the mercy will not save you there at that point. Number three, please. Question three. John 10, 28 to 29. Hmm. No one shall take them out of his hands. Is this not God's final word? Wow. We should have Pastor Charles come and answer. He's been dealing with people on the website and, I mean, uh, email all the time. Is this not God's final word? You know, whenever I will stand and somebody said the scripture said, my heart will just jump because I don't know what he's, what he's talking about. He said, John 10, 28, 29. He said, nobody, especially he said, nobody can what? Can take them out of my hand. Is it not the word of God? It's the word of God. It's the word of God that nobody can take him out of the hand. But before we get so carried away with someone taking us out of his hand, let us make sure we are in his hand. That is the key and the first thing. We worry about how, you know, the scripture says nobody can take us out of his hand. While actually we take ourselves out of his hand. You see? The question said, that's why the scripture was saying, leave me say second Corinthians 13, 5, please. Second Corinthians 13, 5. Yes. Are you there? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Examine yourself whether you are in his hand. That's what we've been doing. God has been taking us for years. Carefully. Without deceiving yourself. In all godly sincerity. Examine yourself if you are in his hand. Before you start worrying about who's going to take you away from, from him. Because who is going to take, nobody can take him away from him. Who's consigned is that should be? Huh? God, why do I have to worry about what belongs to God? If I'm in his hand, that's for him to make sure nothing will take me away from it. But it's for me to find myself in his hand. And not walk away. Are you, are you, are you with me here? And there's something which even, let's, let's look at that John 10. It says the 28 to 29. Jesus Christ said something very similar. That nobody can take him away from his father's hand. He didn't say it exactly the way I said it, but there's something he said that exactly means the same thing. Where? Read me 17 to 18, please. John 10, 17 to 18. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, my father loves me because mm -hmm. I lay down my life hmm. that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Nobody takes the life from me. No one, not one, nobody takes the life from my father. Because whose hand was he? The father. Okay, go on. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my this father. This command I have received from the father. Why? Why is it claiming? Nobody can ever touch me or take this away from me. Let me verse start, please. Let me my verse start. Is it, what did you say? Okay, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> John 10, 30. Yes. I and, and my, my father, father are one. Please listen to me. I and my father are one. The agreement. I'm one with my father. How? Through implicit obedience. There is nothing anybody can teach. That's the gospel of the kingdom of God that will eliminate love. and No matter whatever you do, it comes back to the same thing. And all that God has been teaching us around again comes to the same point. He said, I and my father are one. The reason why I and my father are one is what? Read me John 5.30, please. John 5.30. Yes. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, mm -hmm. and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. I abide in my Father, and the Father abides in me. Amos 3 said, two, two cannot walk together, except they are in agreement. Read me, please, John 6, 38. 
John 6, 38. Yes. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, mm -hmm. but the will of him who sent me. The will of him who sent me. And how? Why would God not leave him? He tells us. Give me John 8, 29, please. John 8, 29. Mm -hmm. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Because I always do those things that please him, then I'm in his hand, and nothing can happen. Nobody can take it away. Give me John 14, 31, please. John 14, 31. Yes. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So the first thing we must make sure is that we are in his hand. And he has told us exactly how to do it. He said, if you want to be in my hand, then you abide in my word, every word I have, and my word will abide in you. Read me, please, John 15, 47. John 15, 47. Yes. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, mm -hmm. he is cast out cast as a branch. Out. No, let's stop. Can you read that again? So that the person who asked the question can, if anyone does not what, my sister? Abide in me. Yes. Then he's cast out of what? His hand. Are, are we all together here? That's the scripture. But then this is the situation. If anyone wants to stay with him, no matter how you are tight in his hand, I'm giving you seven things right now. How are you going to lose it? If you look back, like lost wife, you have lost it. You're out of his hand. Luke 9.62, please. Luke 9.62. Yes. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Once you look back, yes, the person is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's number one. If anyone who is in his hand determines not to forsake all, <coughs> Pastor God was also alluding to that in his exhortation. You must forsake all, otherwise you're not part of it. His inner circle. Give me Luke, please. 14, 26 to 35. Luke 14, 26 to 35. Yes. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it? Mm -hmm. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Mm -hmm. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear... Let, let him, him hear. hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. If only one is not willing to forsake all. And that's why he told us, Luke, Luke 9, please, 23 to 26. Luke 9, 23 to 26. Yes. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him 
the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. All right? And whoever, I don't, this is the fourth one, right? The third one. Okay, whoever is in his hand and does not bear good fruit. All these feel-good preachers and prosperity preachers and so-called, uh, what is they called? Motivational. What are you motivating? How do you motivate somebody who's dead? If I'm dead in sin, you are trying to motivate me spiritually. It's impossible. Anyone who bears bad fruit, he said, it will be caught. That person will be caught down. Give me Matthew 7, 19, please. Matthew 7, 19. Yes. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And then read me 15. That's the, 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 the fourth one right now, right? Will be one who does not even bear fruit at all for the kingdom. Give me John, please. 15, 1 to 2. John 15, 1 to 2. Yes. I am the vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Mm -hmm. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Every branch in my hand that does not bear fruit. I'm not the one saying all this thing. The God is showing us the scripture to answer the person who asked the question. Go on, please. He takes away, mm -hmm. and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That it may bear more fruit. Then also, that branch that is never hot or cold, but look warm. We know it, right? Revelation 3, 14 to 16. Revelation 3, 14 to 16. Yes. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the mm -hmm. beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You're neither cold or warm. I will vomit out of his mouth. These are individuals that are in God's hand. And then they are thrown out because of what they didn't do unto God. No matter how we think we are settled. That's why the warning. And that warning must be with us all the time. Read me, please. Second Corinthians 7 1. Second Corinthians 7 1. Yes. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, mm -hmm. perfecting holiness. In the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Give me Hebrews, please. 4, 1 and 2. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. You can even go to 3. Yeah. To 3. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Mm -hmm. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed mm -hmm. do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world, read me Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, mm -hmm. let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Every weight. Let's lay that and sin. Yes. Which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the sixth one, whoever does not endure to the end, the seventh one, shall surely lose it. And you can always check Matthew 10, those online, Matthew 10, 22. Matthew 24, 13, you can check Revelation 2, 26. Whoever does not endure to the end. The seventh one, I told I was going to give you the seventh one. Whoever endures to the end, but not, no, let me put it this way. Whoever endures to the end, according to his or her own terms. Yeah, and, and according to his or her own terms. And that happened somewhere. Right? 
Yeah, thank you, Pastor Guy. Matthew 25, give me 11 and 12. Matthew 25, 11 and 12. Yes. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, As surely I say to you, I do not know you. I do not even know you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we give you glory. For you have been warning us, chastising us, teaching us. I don't know, Lord, what we have done to merit this. It's all about you. You are speaking to me, my God. I'm speaking to everyone. There is none of us here. Oh, gracious and everlasting God, give us ears in our heart. Give us ears in our heart to hear, to do your will. The things you ask us to do are not difficult. Only if we are determinedly willing. If we are determined and willing to do that which you want us to do. Give us that enabling spirit. We want to please you and live for you, Lord. Father, this prayer I pray now and say at all costs. At all costs. Let your spirit lead us to please you every day. We just want to live for you, Lord. Strengthen us in every way and every manner. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for revealing to us the mysteries of your kingdom. Be glorified. As I pray again, Lord, that you bless your children. Oh, my God, my Father. These are children who come every Thursday. Lord, they are seeking for you. They are not seeking for man. They are not seeking to be any man. Lord, remember them. Remember all of them in your kingdom. In your book of life. Father, enter them, Lord. And their families. Draw them to yourself. And let your name alone be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at temonline.org. Our web address is temonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.